I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. And we're so happy you've joined us today. I'm really excited about today's topic because it's a huge paradigm shift, was a huge paradigm shift for me and has been a huge paradigm shift for many of our community members. So I'm pretty pumped to share it with you because hopefully it will change your life and business as much as it's changed ours. But before we do that, we have a couple of reviews to read and some giveaways to do. So Mike, you want to read the reviews? Sure. We have one that came in from Meg's Teg. I think that's how you say it. Meg Steg? Maybe Meg Steg? I don't know. But it's M-E-G-S-T-E-G. So helpful for my biz and life. So helpful for my business and life. I like that. I don't know how you two do it, but I feel like each episode is exactly what I need to hear slash think about slash know each time I tune in. That's cool. As an entrepreneur, we are psychic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is going to go really a lot of clarity. Exactly. Today's episode. Okay. We'll dive into you act like you don't know what the topic is. No, I was saying, oh, good. I I don't know what she said in her review. Okay. So as an entrepreneur and light worker, I appreciate the seamless blend of business sense and spiritual connection. I enjoy your authenticity and candor and find myself chuckling along with you at times. Keep up the fab podcast. Cheers. Megan Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Got a Midwestern. All right. So Meg, message Mike at Mike J. Watts on Instagram direct message him with your address and we'll send you something enjoy the show so this is from here's a second review that's taking place this is from j row j-a-e-r-o-e enjoy show is a chocolate box of goodness enjoy show man i am out to lunch today i i don't know what is going on here each show is a chocolate box of goodness that makes more sense right yeah okay sorry I don't know what is happening with my brain right now. <laughs> Stay with me, honey. I am. I'm having trouble because... Luckily, the rest of the episode is not going to require reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, it's because we have the new... Like, I'm trying to use the new technology, and I'm paying attention to that as well. So, that's it's getting me distracted. Thanks to Kate and Mike for sharing the day-to-day struggles and triumphs of running their business and their lives. Every time I listen, I walk away with a sweet tip that I can implement right away, and I love that each show covers a variety of topics. It's also helpful and inspirational. In fact, after years and years of trying to get a consistent inbox to zero, <laughs> I've finally done it thanks to Mike's tips. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> It's because you need to take my advice and funnel it through someone else. It's also not a priority. No, I know. It's who who cares, right? At this point. I'm but like, I'm psyched for Jay. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Of course, I can't explain how I did this or what he said that finally made it work. I think I was able to channel Mike and he took care of it. That's oh, that's awesome. I really enjoyed listening to each of their amazing guests and how they approach happiness in their lives and business. Thanks so much for taking the time to share your wisdom. Thank you so much for that review. That's great. That's a great review. Yeah, I love that. And it's such a great, like, it is such a great lesson in just, it's like taking inspiration from things in the world 
and realizing that you can just do it yourself. You know, it's like, yeah, your inbox got down to zero because you probably heard us talk about it and you're like, oh, that's great. But there wasn't anything that I said or that we said that moved that direction, but you're just moving that direction naturally as, cause you're, this happens to me a lot. Like you just learn things and it just happens to get into your conscious and then, and then you change. Yeah, you change and you do things. So if you're listening and you've had a specific result like Jay getting to zero inbox from listening to one of our episodes from implementing something we've shared, we'd love to hear from you. So you can go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. And uh, in an upcoming episode, we will read that review and do a giveaway. So Jay, go ahead and message Mike at Make Jay Watts on Instagram, direct mm-hmm. message with your address, and we'll send you something. Yeah, really, he'll send you something. If it was up to me, it would happen three years from now. Kate would sign it. Let's be honest. She's going to sign whatever I... (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's dive into today's episode. So I was talking to Licia, Madam President, Licia Morelli, who runs our company with us the other day about Origin. And Origin is our membership site. It's open right now for registration. And we only open the doors two times a year. And you can learn more at OriginCollective.com. But I was talking about how, you know, it's for entrepreneurial moms or nurturers, because we do have some non-moms as well, who want to have more by doing less. And she said something super insightful, which is that really what we are teaching people is the skill of moving from orienting your work and your life around time to orienting your work and life around projects. Now, that may not sound like the sexiest thing in the world, but I will tell you what, when you make that transition, you get some really sexy results, like way more free time, way less stress, way more consistency in your work, and also more income and bigger results for less time spent. So it was a really great way that she had articulated Yes, origin is about having more by doing less, but like, what does that mean? And so Licia spelled it out and she was like, it's moving from time orientation to project orientation. Today, we're going to teach you some of how we do that. And of course, the entire origin membership, not the entire thing, but a lot of the origin membership is about this. So we're going to give you a taste. And then if you're interested, you can join origin. So yeah, but Mike, do you have anything you want to say before I just like dive in? Uh, No, I don't think so. Great. Just interrupt me. Yeah, I, I feel needed. like what you said is pretty spot on where we're... There is a moment, though... So I guess my question for you to expand off this more would be, are you saying that projects now don't have time deadlines? Or no. what? So break it down, Great question. which is what so we're going to be talking about. what are we about. even talking about? So our corporate world, ever since we sort of reached the industrial age... Right. We were an agrarian society and then we became an industrial society sometime in the 1800s. I'm not a history buff, but that was the deal. Moved from really like the focus on results to the focus on showing up for a certain number of hours. And our workers were trained and we still operate very much with this mindset in the world. We're trained in how many hours you show up is how much you get paid And so our deliverable all through school, right? You got to show up at a certain time and you get to leave at a certain time. And it's not about like what you accomplished during that time, but it's about just like clocking the hours. We have this sort of fundamental cultural thing that happened from 
you know, the, what's that called? Henry Ford, the assembly lines, Mm -hmm. clocking in at the factory, whatever. And so we have all grown up, many of us, believing that the number of hours we put in somehow is associated with our worth because the industrial society says you got to show up this many hours and then you get a paycheck for this many hours. Now, more and more, especially with the internet and the ability to work remotely, more and more companies are switching to results oriented. For example, our company, we had a whole conversation the other day about sort of our policies for time off. And we were thinking about like, well, like, what do we think? Is it okay for our employees just to take time off whenever? What are are we saying? You get so much time. How are we going to work this out? And the reality is we all decided, you know, the truth is, as long as they get their work done, we don't care. I mean, that's true. And I asked my girlfriend who lives down the street the same thing. I was like, well, how many hours a week do you work? And she was like, it's not really. She's a freelancer and works in web maintenance and web design. And she was like, "It's, it's not really how many hours I work. I just have to get my stuff done which I love. Yeah, because if you think of, like my buddy was, when I went to see the Foo Fighters with him, he was talking, he's switching jobs and he's like, I get to keep my vacation, which was like three weeks of the year, right? So if you think about that, and at Philip Morris, we have the same policies. Most job, most places have those policies. And it depends on where you work, right? It depends on the type of work that you're Certainly. doing. Certainly, if you're in so manufacturing. If you're in manufacturing, that, that makes sense. it has to, but you could also apply these. This can also be applied in different companies, but it has to be done in much more, a little bit more of a structure way, right? We're talking about, let's say nine people within our company, but really we're talking about five to six, like five of them total, including Kate and myself, and maybe five to six. And so <laughs> I think it's six. And so anyway, not like we're not talking about something that's like what I used to work with at Philip Morse or any of the manufacturing jobs that I've had where you have to run a piece of equipment. We're talking about thousands of people, right? There has to be much more structure when you start getting in much bigger of an operation that way. And but the bottom line is like, is their work getting complete? So instead of saying like you get three weeks of vacation per year or two weeks of vacation per year and that's what you're giving your people. And besides that, they work all year, you know. And they might just, they might not be actually working half the time that they're coming no, in, right? No, the studies show that the average worker is working like, you know, actual productive hours are like two hours a day Yeah, out of an eight up, hour work day. I think it's up to four total. Okay. So two, when you look at a four, four hour, correct. Like as far as what, as time that you can trace to results that they were looking to get. And the rest of it is just kind of like spacing out, being distracted, screwing around. And I'm not saying, listen, I was a worker like that too. And I still am. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I am saying that when you switch your orientation where you stop counting hours and instead you focus on results and perhaps even enjoyment, which is like a whole other factor, then you will revolutionize the way you work and you will get way more done in less time and you will have more by doing less. So now we're going to talk about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Unless, was there a thought that you were completing? I feel like I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You probably did. I did. I, I definitely did. For those of you listening, mm-hmm. this is something I'm working on. <laughs> it's a lifelong goal. The <laughs> I would just say 
so it's changing the perspective of saying, well, you get two weeks. So the, I just spoke to one of the builders in our neighborhood, right? That's building the homes. And we're just talking. And I just thought about house building, right? It's just saying, well, I want to take Tuesday off. Well, okay, that's fine. You can take Tuesday off. But like, is it impairing other people's productivity that are coming to work on like, let's say Tuesday, right? So there's, as I said there, you have to really take this to each company that you're running, it's individual. Now I know Basecamp, that is a company, used to be called 37 Signals. They allow people to kind of take off whenever they want, as long as they're getting the work done. It's a larger organization. They also pay for people's kind of vacation or travel. They do other fun types of perks that are there. So when Kate and I started, because now we're actually having full-time people that have been working with us on a much more full-time basis. Which is so crazy to me still. I'm like, I cannot it's believe we bizarre. have people it's, that we're, it's weird. our I don't, company is supporting other households. No, other it's crazy. It's, it's cool. It's, it's an honor. It's cool. It is an honor, but it is still weird. But also awesome at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, because I was just talking to... Anyway, I could take this down so many different rabbit holes right let's now. But let's stay focused, Mike. So as we're growing, like we're like, okay, what kind of policies do we put in place that allows the company to thrive and that makes it easier for us right for as well so if it's incentives or bonuses that we're giving our people during during the year what does that look like birthday policies you know things like that so for them to also feel excel inside of an environment so they can also be on top of their game and i feel like that's one thing i just i did a major rant on the project life with mike watts podcast recently about this because I'm seeing, and I think it'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be linked in the show notes or just go to project life with Mike Watts. It'll be, well, we'll link the show notes on this one. I don't forget the title. So Matt, I don't, we might not link it anyway, but basically it was about this generational differences that we're experiencing right now. And I, as Kate talked about the industrial revolution, et cetera, and then you see it so much about the millennials are lazy or all that are addicted to is video games. And Kate and I are part of the millennial generation. We're in the upper we echelon. Were like, yeah, the, he- the, the, the starters we of were the, the millennials. Lead, yeah, the lead, lead millennials. millennials. So, and then the it goes from like 1979 to 1992. So we were born in 82 and 83. So we're at the kind of the forefront there. And as Generation X, etc. But I feel like what millennials are upset about more than anything else and what they recognize, they look at the patterns of what has taken place. They look at the history of our parents working 80 hours a week and being unhappy, you know, putting ourselves in tremendous amounts of debt, right? When you just, let's just take the baby boomers, for instance, because there's a massive generation that's in front of the millennials, right? As an example of what this, they get two weeks of vacation per year. They work 80 hours a week, 60 to 80 hours a week. We've created technology that's supposed to make our life easier, but it's become more complicated because now there's no time off work whatsoever. They're unhappy that we have depression that's on the rise. We have mass suicide or mass suicides, not mass suicide, but we have suicide is on the rise, especially for men. We have these mass shootings that have been taking place all over the United States continually that have been mainly men. And then you look at all men. It's like 95%. Okay. And then you have just what the work home balance has been like. Women started to really work during this time for the baby boomers when, you know, started jobs. So what that's created as well as a household of, as we have seen, and kids are just most likely looking like that doesn't look like fun. So it's like, oh, I got the big fancy house and the fancy car, but then my, my life's well, miserable. Well, that's what I grew up with parents who worked all the time and we 
you know, we got to take ballet class and do the things yeah. we wanted to do. But, you know, the first day, <laughs> I was just telling our friends of this story last night. The first day that I went to our YDC board meeting, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. So Penelope goes to this little co-op daycare preschool place and all the parents run it. It's a co-op. And so we go once a month and there's, there's a board meeting and all the parents are on the board. I sat there and at this, you know, the little toddler size table with the little in the little tiny chairs and everyone's got their knees like up to their armpits because we're adults sitting in these tiny chairs. And I got really teary eyed because I was just like, wow, I'm just here at this board meeting and I have the space to show up and like talk about, you know, fundraising for my kids little school and just be able to do some of those things that like my parents didn't have as much time to do. Not to say they didn't show up in other ways, but like it was really special to me and it was really touching. I was definitely that millennial who thought like, wow, my parents work all the time and there's got to be a different way. Yeah. It's created what we're talking about today, the time versus project. It goes on. It's like a lot of decisions that we I'm reading a lot of material right now that's going to lead around 2030. The years between 2030 to 2050, if we don't fix, are going to be really hard, I guess, for people that are still alive pretty much here. And it has a lot to do with the financials of the United States government, it has a lot to do with like the Medicare, Social Security, like really leading down this path of when these programs are no longer going to be funded adequately and what massive decisions have to be made. And then especially from an infrastructure point of the United States. And so we're looking at that's a time thing we're looking at. And I feel like the challenge that takes place when we look at this time structure versus a project basis, like, for instance, it causes a lot of headaches and challenges as we're running and operating our business. If we just look at it saying, I got to work nine hours a day, but it's not about the quality that I'm doing during those nine hours. It's well, about you just have a diminishing rate of return right. on your quality. Correct. So a lot of this came about as like experience that Kate and I have had in own companies, really for me as working in more corporate environments and then also now managing, like having a team of people, and so we were on a team meeting a couple of weeks ago and one of our team members was like, I got to put a couple of days off here. You know, we've been in this discussion pretty much for the whole year. It started in 2017 about what is our policies and procedures around bonuses and vacation and what are we implementing and putting into play for the people that are working with us. And then one of them was just like, I was like, oh, I had to talk with Kate afterwards. I was just like, is this, we're just running where people are just like, I got to take off a couple of days here because I got some things I got to take care of personally. And so we just started thinking about like, is this like, do we want it more structured than that? Or do we want to keep it where it's a, the ability that's flexible? And if it's in the middle of like massive projects that are taking place or a big launch that's happening, those we will we let people know that up front. Well, just because like Mike and I can't take off during those times either. Right. <laughs> so it makes so for us, the answer was like, yes. Like, why am I going to go to somebody? First off, Kate and I and the company is shut down. We decided this last year is we shutting down two weeks at a time. Let's see. Let's see. Two times per year for two weeks at a time. So that's already four weeks of two the weeks company. Two weeks in August, two weeks in December. Right. That's already four weeks that the company's shut down. And it's not like we can talk about this in a later episode, yeah. how we set that up. But like, it's not two weeks that everything has been done ahead of time, right? Correct. Like my maternity leave is 
five months of content that I did ahead of time. The time off for the company is there's no podcast, there's no blog, there's nothing happening. Like we're really taking a real break, right? Which is very powerful, and I don't see that a lot. No, and it's really and people can choose to do some things if they want. You know, let's say you got some content to write, or like Kate wants to do some writing during that time, or video shoots, or whatever. But it's up to that person. But from a company responsibility, there's not anything like there's not anything that's required by anybody that we work with. So we're already saying like, okay, well, you can only so let's just put this in a perspective shift for a second. Like, okay, you get two weeks of vacation per year, but we're shutting down for four. So how does that work? Right. It's like, how does this make? And so it allows the flexibility where and we're still working through that from. So. I don't want to talk about just vacation policy around all of this, but this goes back into this time piece well, versus it does because project. If we, so if what we're teaching in origin, which is one of our core offerings is this project orientation versus time orientation, we can't then go back and run our company differently. Correct. So I'm just going to dive into what this means, because if you're still confused about what we're talking about, now's a good time to get specific. Now, like Mike said, this doesn't work in all industries. But if you run your own business, chances are pretty good this applies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously we have a podcast is about life, love and business. So many of our listeners are entrepreneurs and many people. This will also apply at your company. That is correct. Don't be thinking about, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Be asking the question, how can this apply to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even big tech companies have very flexible type of vacation policies and things like that as well. So just from a time work perspective. Because they're focused on results, not clocking hours. Correct. So here's the deal. I'm just going to give you like an example of a project I'm working on right now so that this gets really practical. My book. So my next book, it's called Do Less. The title might change, but right now it's called Do Less, The Unexpected Strategy for women to get more of what they want in work and life. So, or maybe it's for mothers. I don't know exactly what the subtitle is. It's neither here I got some thoughts on this title. Okay, we'll work on it. Anyway, the book is definitely called Do Less. Well, or that could change anyway. The book comes out April 2nd. So. Of 2019. Of 2019. Yeah. Well, it's past April 2nd, so, right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you'll be hearing lots more about it as the months go. But. Basically, that is a project. Like at the end of the deal, there is a book on a shelf. That's how I know the project will be complete. So there's a couple of parameters that you want to be looking at when you're switching from time orientation in your work to project orientation. Number one, a project has a clear beginning and end. And you'll know when the project is complete because you've reached the end point. I know the project is complete because there's a book on the shelf, right? That's one part of the project. Then the marketing plan for the book is kind of like a separate project because that could be ongoing way past the publication date. But on April 2nd, 2019, there will be a book on the shelf. I know the creation part of that project was complete. Now, like Mike asked earlier, are we saying time is irrelevant in projects? No. Time is totally relevant. Projects still have deadlines. You still have to pay attention to time, but it is no longer about how much time did it take you to do. Instead, it's about, is it done? And it could take you, you know, then I'm going to get into how to ensure that it takes you 
the least amount of time possible because I could write a book. It could take me four years or I could write a book and it could take me two months. And it depends on the type of book. It depends on all sorts of things. But this particular project, I basically broke it into chunks and I broke it into chunks using the framework that we use in Origin, which is based on how a woman's menstrual cycle works, how the moon works and how the seasons work. So there are four phases and the energy of them. You might have heard me talk about this before, but for those who are new, there are these three things, right? The menstrual cycle, the moon and the seasons. And then there's how the heck, why are you talking about project management in relationship to these things? The reason I'm doing that, and Mike, just stop me if this isn't making sense. The reason I'm talking about project management in relationship to these things that seem completely unrelated to work, your menstrual cycle, the moon, and the seasons, is that they are the framework of feminine creativity, and they are the framework of how the universe was built, how the world works, how biology works, and also how we create life. And so if you use metaphorically the framework for how we create life as a framework for in your business, how you create projects, how you do work, it is the very same energy and you need the same four phases in order to bring any project to completion. The very same four phases that you need to potentially fertilize an egg or go, you know, a full circle around the sun or have the moon go through a full phase. And here they are. There are four of them. One, I'm just going to talk about the phases that I came up with for project management. But one is, I call it the fertile void. It's the time when you don't really know what you're doing. It's the time in between. It's the liminal space where it's like, I feel confused. I don't know what project is next. Or I'm in research and gathering mode and I don't have clarity yet. And it's really powerful to name this phase of a project because so often because we live in a masculine energy dominated culture and this is a feminine way of looking at things we see time where we don't have clarity as a waste of time as a failure because masculine energy is all about linear action results only and that unless you have something to show for your time your time was wasted So that first phase, the fertile void, is the same energy as the dark of the moon. It's the same energy as the menstrual phase or the bleeding part of your cycle. It's the same energy as winter. And it's a critical phase in any project because it's where all of the fertilization happens. It's like where the good stuff comes from the darkness. Think of it like compost. Like the compost heap, if you've ever composted, At the bottom of the compost heap is the darkest organic material. It's like really, really, really dark down there. And that's why you have to turn your compost over to mix that in and incorporate all the stuff that's at the top because it all needs to be incorporated into that dark, most fertile material. And so that is a critical phase of any project. So before my book came around, this second book, Hey House said, would you like to do a second book? And I said, sure. For four years, I told them no. And then finally, I was ready. 
but I didn't know at that time what it was. And I spent about six months in that fertile void place of like, well, it could be this or it could be that or it could be this or it could be, I have this idea or that idea. And I knew because of the work I've been doing that that wasn't wasted time. That was valuable time that I was in the fertile void of that place of like, well, I don't know, but I trust that my meanderings have purpose, which is a quote from Cheryl Richardson's book, Waking Up in Winter. So that's the fertile void. Does that make sense, Mike? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that's yeah, the fer- Yes, it does. Sorry. Great. <laughs> so that's a phase of the project. Now, I, you know, it's tricky because you want to say like phase one, two, three, and four. It really doesn't work like that. It's a cycle because every project, sometimes you, you circle back around. You might need to go through all these phases several times. So I don't say phase one, two, three, or four. There's just four. And it's cyclical. Okay. I have a question. This doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about right now. Well, okay. it does, but it's, <laughs> so we've had people that, cause we're talking about origin, right? Okay. Why don't you finish explaining and I'll wrap, I'll come back around. Okay. Cause this, I want to kind of see how this ties into what the phases that you're mentioning here. Okay. So then the next phase after the fertile void, I call emergence and it's the same energy as springtime, the waxing moon. So the moon getting bigger moving towards full and the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle. So by the way, you don't have to have a menstrual cycle in order for this type of project management to apply to you. You What does follicular phase mean? It's the part after you bleed. So you're done bleeding and it's the, then it's like the five to seven days after you bleed. And the energy of this time, think about springtime. It's the energy of New beginnings, planning, growth, sprouts sprouting up through the earth. There's like a freshness to it. There's like this sense of like anything is possible. And so that stage of a project is the planning stage and the brainstorming phase and the initiation phase. So in my book project, I finally landed on a topic and then I went about writing an outline for it. And then I went about writing some sample chapters and doing sort of the planning of it. So I outlined it. I I got it started. I initiated. And any project, if you're doing a launch, for example, let's say you're launching like an online course. This phase, the emergence phase would come after you're what you're like, I want to do an online course, but I don't know what to teach. And, you know, maybe you took a course about running an online course, which is a little bit self-referential, but many of us do take courses about running courses. And then, you know, you're learning things and you're wondering, and then the idea sparks and you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. So it's kind of like from the moment of clarity, then you begin planning, then you begin outlining, then you begin initiating. And every project has this phase. Then after the emergence phase, you move into visibility. And visibility has the same energy as the full moon, as summertime, and as the ovulation phase of the menstrual cycle. So the energy is like full bloom, peak magnetism, just like out there, like feeling like out there. Really, you know, it's like a social kind of energy. It's putting yourself out there. It's a very fertile time. It's a great time to be cross-pollinating ideas with other people, to be pitching your ideas, to be out in the public eye. Like your idea, your project is ready to be seen. And so that's the visibility phase. So that would be like, perhaps if you're launching an online course, that would be the time 
that you're actually sending it out to your email list and doing social media and maybe doing Facebook Lives and webinars and things like that. For my book project, there's a couple different phases of visibility. And this is not, you can put away your protractor, like (laughs) this is about the energy of things. So I don't want to confuse you because we're raised in such a linear culture. But the truth is like the energy of visibility, the first visibility phase was when I turned in the outline and the sample chapters to my editor. That was like the first pass through the visibility phase. And she and I got on the phone and had a conversation about it and tweaked the idea. So that was like a version of visibility. Another version of visibility is after I wrote the book, I submitted the draft manuscript, the first draft. And again, we then hopped on the phone and tweaked some ideas. And now I'm in the next phase, which is the culmination phase. So the culmination phase is you've put your thing out there, you've launched, it's been seen, your project is in the public eye in whatever way makes sense for this particular project. And then the culmination phase is the energy of wrapping it up and bringing it home. So meaning, by the way, this is the same energy as the autumn or the fall, same energy as the waning moon. So it's a slowing down energy. It's a more turning within energy. And it's the same energy as the luteal phase in your menstrual cycle. So the luteal phase is the is the 10 days-ish right before you start bleeding. It does include some of the premenstrual symptoms if you are dealing with that. But actually, I've noticed the more I pay attention to my cycle and the more I honor my cycle and the wisdom of all the phases, many of my symptoms have gone away. So I'm just going to put that out there without having to pay attention to a lot of other things. So this is a time when it's like down to brass tacks. So it's a time when you do a lot of the crossing your T's, dotting your I's, doing detail work, and bringing something to completion. It kind of has like a nice workhorse energy to it where you put on your blinders and just like get stuff done. So if you were launching a course, this would be the time when you're delivering the course. You're wowing your customers. You are, you know, in the Facebook group, commenting on their things. You're sending follow-up emails. You're maybe teaching the material. For me, it's I'm going through the edits that I got back from my editor and I am incorporating them so that the book is getting even better. So it's like, there's just this certain plotting energy to it, which I find actually very pleasurable. Okay, does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. Great. So when you know the four <clears throat> phases of any project and you can begin to identify which phase you're in for any given project, here's what's really cool. You can then line up your work time with the phase that you're in. You could do it tracking the moon. You can do it tracking your own body cycle, or you can just do it like, you know, if you're pregnant or nursing, or you just don't have a cycle or you're postmenopausal, you can just like sense into the energy of the different phases without having to track something external, which I like to do because honestly, if you get too many cycles going and you're trying to track too many things, it gets confusing. So like what I mean is, let's say you're working on a book, you would identify what each phase is, and then you might actually plan out when you're going to be starting each phase. And when you do that, You don't care how long each phase takes you. You just know when the project needs to be done. And then you can really capitalize on the energy of each phase. 
and you get into this really cool momentum place where everything's getting done and because you've scheduled it at a time that makes sense for the flow of that particular project you're not like trying to plan and launch and deliver all at the same time you have the clarity first and you spend your time in the fertile void gathering your research thinking about things being in this open receptive space of what's next then you get the clarity and you move into emergence and you plan and you brainstorm and you begin to implement, then things begin to be into full bloom and you move into visibility and things are getting put out there. And then you are moving into culmination and things are getting wrapped up and you're delivering and you're preparing for the next fertile void, which would be some time off, which would be the next pause before your next project begins. And then you can detach yourself from obsessing about how many hours you put in today because you are working on a project and you see progress, but you're also tapped into this universal wisdom of cyclical orientation, where of course the universe is infinitely brilliant and has factored in every single piece of a project that needs to be handled in the four phases that mimic the way Mother Earth works and that mimic the way the female body works and that mimic the way the moon works. So it's really actually very cool. And if this is new for you, you might be completely overwhelmed and you're like, what is this crazy person talking about? But there will be a part of you that knows what I'm talking about is right because it's how your body works. Or if you're a man, it's how your body was formed because your body was formed within a female body. And that is really like the heartbeat of the human species, which is why we call our membership origin. Right. And for guys listening, this happens to us on a daily basis. Yes. So it's every 24 hours. So it's for us to pay attention to when we're feeling like it's the most productive for us. Like right now, what's interesting is I'm before I used to want to work out in the morning. You know, I like to get a workout done in the morning, but now I'm really enjoying an afternoon workout because I've been outside in the sun already. And this just started like I've started noticing this in the past week. So I've been working out in the afternoon. Like today, I'm going to work out in the afternoon again. And I just like... I go outside and I get in the sun in the morning and then warm up throughout the day because it's freaking cold here, right? And now I'll be warmed up for the afternoon and get some food in me leading up to the war. Yeah, it's really cool to pay attention to that. And next week, I might want to just work out in the morning again. I know the summertime's coming and with that morning sun and like open the garage door and go to town, like that feels great, right? And so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, for guys, it happens on a 24-hour process. As opposed to a 28-day cycle. Correct. So... As you are wanting to optimize this way of managing your projects, there's a couple of tips I have. Number one is to the best of your... Okay, I have a question for you before you go into that. So how is this relevant for somebody... Like, explain to me... So you kind of talked about your book process during this explanation you just did. But let's say I go to work and they... How do you do this on a day-to-day basis with... Let's say you want to launch a product in a month. Right. Okay. Well, a month is probably too soon. <laughs> but not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because you're looking at this at the structure we have now. We used to bust stuff out all the time. It's true. Let's say you wanted to do it in a month. You would probably, you know, each phase would just be shortened up. So some, there are some projects, I will say, that each phase just takes as long as it takes. And there are some projects that have clear deadlines. Like... I've got a publishing house waiting for me to get a manuscript done 
and organizing all their people around having the marketing team and the printing and all that stuff done. So I can't just be like, oh, well, sorry, my process just takes as long as it takes. I have a deadline to meet. So it is the balance of that masculine and feminine energy where you are just like sometimes getting shit done. Like I wrote the book quicker than I would have preferred, but that's because I started writing it later than I should have. So anyway, to answer your question, what I recommend doing to start out with. Okay. So take that example right there. Like you kind of joked about it right now, yeah. but like now I hung, take out, in it the, back I hung in, out in the fertile exactly, void. For, take it back into your cycles right. that you just talked about. I hung out in the fertile void on this book for about nine months and I really honor yeah, I did just make a joke out about it, but thank you, Mike, for pointing that and out. And you said should, where it's like, I really should you honor really have? That that's as long as I needed in that more amorphous, allowing space of like, well, I'm just waiting and listening for what this book is. And had I plowed through and just written something, which I easily could have done, the book wouldn't be as good. And that's what happens. I will say like the big downfall of time orientation versus project orientation is that we think that because we sat an hour at our desk, that somehow that is where the value comes from. But the value doesn't come from the time allotted. The value comes from the creation process. And so for my creation process, I needed like nine months to dink around and like work on this idea, work on that idea, email with my publisher. You know, it was just like a, it was a very non-linear kind of like, well, I'm not sure. Now then, because I allowed myself to spend that much time in the fertile void, by the time I got to writing the book, it actually did happen really fast. And I got it done before the deadline, which was really cool Hmm. and even had some time for editing. So I was able to turn in the book, you know, a week or two early and I was really proud of it. The more you honor the gifts of each phase of a project, the easier the project will be and the more efficient you will be at getting it done because so much of the time wasted in projects is wasted on thinking we should be further ahead or thinking this or that. Like there's a lot of it that just gets wasted because of our energy that we devote towards resistance and finding ourselves wrong. So thank you for pointing out how I was doing that. There is, I might've shared this in the last episode or something, but there's a rapper named Logic and he did the suicide hotline number song that and he's done at the Grammys and stuff. It's really kind of put him on the map. His album called Every Day or Everybody, excuse me. And I heard him talk on his latest album that just came out called Bobby Tarantino 2. And the guy that was interviewing him said, you know, like, so I heard you did this album in two weeks. And he's like, yeah, all my albums work that way. He goes, every single one. I, once I start, once I am like go, it's go time. And I just record. And I record basically for two weeks straight. And then... I go tour, right? The album's finished. And then he goes and tours and does it. And then I'll come back after a tour and be like, okay, what? Like, I know I have more music in me coming down the pipeline, but what's next, you know? And eventually it all kind of goes together and he'll write and then deliver it in a two week process. 
So for him though, it was so good because he's just like, yeah, I do all of it, my music in two weeks, you know, and there's other people that could do a song a day. Right. But for him, he's probably thinking about this or always coming up with ideas that he can share. But for him to do the album, it's like, yeah, it's a two week process for me. I love that. And I just want you listening to notice everybody's creative cycle has a different rhythm. Mm -hmm. So while the phases are all going to be there and each project will have its own rhythm. So I'm a quick writer. And Logic apparently is a quick songwriter and recorder. Right. And he's done like four, I think four studio albums. That's really cool. So I recently got some feedback on a blog I wrote where I said that each blog I write takes about an hour to do. And the woman was like, oh my God, I can't believe, like mine take, you know, weeks. And Tim Ferriss has publicly said his take weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I have many friends where they take, you know, several hours or several days or whatever. And so... When you're listening to me give examples from my own creative process, don't think your creative process has to take the same amount of time, right? right? We're moving from time orientation to project orientation. So there's probably things that you do way quicker than I do. And like the point is don't compare yourself because it's not helpful. And like there are some rappers who I'm sure take years Mm -hmm. to do an album and doesn't mean that their albums are worse or that their albums are better. I mean, one of the... It just like takes as long as it takes. There was that Defiant One show on HBO that came out and they talked about Dr. Dre and this album he won. He got like three quarters of the way done with the album and it's still unfinished. Wow. Like he just hasn't finished the album. And so that's been like 15 years and he never will most likely. So it is, it's, yeah, everybody's process. But in the meantime, look what he's done. He's produced, you know, amazing albums. Exactly. So I've got a couple of tips before we wrap up. One identify your projects. So I know this might be pretty simple, especially if you've been working in a job for a while or like working in your own business for a while, but it was revolutionary to me when I delineated the difference between a project and a task. So I'll just share because I'm sure I'm not that special that this is new. A task is like an individual thing that has basically one step And you know when it's finite, right? You know when you're done with it. So one task would be wash the dishes after dinner. However, a project includes multiple tasks that are all moving towards the same result. So the whole project might be evening routine. And that could include prep dinner, cook dinner, serve dinner, eat dinner, clear the table after dinner, wash the dishes, put your child to bed, and then clean up the, you know, clean the countertops. Like those would all be tasks within the larger project of evening routine. Of dinner. Of dinner. Yeah. So some of you might be like, yep, I knew that. But I just really needed to have the delineation because my mind is not that linear between this is a task and this is a project. So my first step for you from moving from time orientation to project orientation, which again, the result will be having more by doing less, is identifying your projects and then identifying what steps need to be completed within each project. When you do that, now you might think of steps along the way that you didn't think of, but like do your best. So if you're working on, you know, you might have a couple different things going on. You might have the launch of a course going on. You might be working on a book. You might be launching a podcast. You might be 
upping your social media game. You might be planning a wedding. You know, these are different projects that would have different steps. And then my recommendation, so once you identify your projects that are on your plate right now, is to prioritize them. So prioritizing them would require you knowing what it is you ultimately want. Is it that you want more revenue in your business? Is it that you are looking for more visibility? Are you wanting to grow your community? Are you wanting to free up your time? Like, what is it that you most want? And if you're struggling with that, we have a free download on katenorthup.com about having more by doing less. And one of the steps is identifying what really matters to you. So if you're having trouble prioritizing your projects, I would get really clear on the three to four things that matter the most to you in your life and then look at which project is going to get me more of one of those three to four things. So I you know, I know for me, it's our family, it's health, and it's like enjoyment. Honestly, I mean, those are the three things for me. And so, and then being of service. So I could look at my project list and say, okay, which one of these is going to lead to those? Then if some of your projects don't relate to one of those things that really matter to you, can you just take it off the list? The most refreshing thing you can do is just like strike a line through a project and take it off the list. And then once you know your priorities, you know which project needs to come first, to the best of your ability, work on one project at once until it's done. And that will revolutionize your life because you won't be so distracted. You will sit down, know what you need to work on because you'll be able to know which phase the project is in. Now, I will say, if you're in the fertile void on one project, chances are pretty good you're in another phase on another project where you're actually sitting down and doing something each day. Like, I wasn't for nine months before I wrote this next book. I wasn't just like hanging out, taking walks in the woods every day. I was (laughs) working on other projects that were in different phases. So there will be some overlap there. But in the like emergence, visibility, and culmination phase, To the best of your ability, if you can work on one project at once, you are going to massively save time, energy, money, emotional output. And when we started doing that in our business, it really changed everything. We got so much more traction, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about people working eight hours a day. It's about people getting stuff done yeah we just got a lot more done yeah when you work on one project at once you just complete things this has changed the game for us like we're working with a lot of affiliates right now with working projects and launching helping them launch and we're getting a lot of requests for people that want to help us launch stuff and like honestly want us to help them launch. yeah yeah i was trying to talk and avoid a sneeze all at the same time and then if you (laughs) Bless you. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's changed the aim for us. Like people would be like, "Well, can you help us promote this in May?" The answer is no, because we already we're already planned out for the entire year of 2018. Nine, we're planned out nine to twelve months in advance. And yeah, we're planning for 2019 already. You know, in the, by November of last year, we were already ready to go with 2018. And we do leave a little freedom in there for things that come up periodically, right? So it's not like it's all lock and key. That's all that, how it works. No, of course, there's fluidity to the situation. 
but it, it's one it's like a whole different ball game and like you get frustrated it's from a company standpoint when you're representing other companies it's there's frustration on our part and our company when other people aren't working that way as well which is fine because you don't not everybody has to work like us as well right but there's clarity about how we can do better and every single time we run into the situation it helps us improve our process even more so when people are working with us we are extremely dialed in like that's the goal is like we do not have bad the goal is if we have affiliates or promotions or people clients or people are working with us i never want them to walk away and say well we're never going to work with the kate and my company because that left a bad feeling or we feel mistreated or the way we came across to their customers whatever that feeling is i never want that to happen now i cannot say that i that may happen one day you know and that may have happened in the past but our intention is not to do that and our intention is to make sure that people feel really good when they are working with us so i would say that this process of the project it changes the game for the way we operate our life where it's like okay this week i gotta get knobs for these mudroom cabinets that have not like this was a conversation we had for like two months it was like oh we gotta get knobs for the mudroom cabinets that we had installed right we should put some knobs on it because they didn't have knobs on it the cabinets were installed but there was no knobs so i finally just ordered nine knobs from this online website and we got nine of them showed up and we picked the ones that we liked and then they went and got ordered and now they're here knobs are done mudroom cabinetry projects complete right but Actually, we've not found the right size basket for the upper cabinet for the upper. Cabinet. Oh, okay. So we got to so, We got to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, but, you, but it, it, it just changed. It's changed the way we operate everything instead of thinking like, and now there's people that work hourly rates instead of just project based rates. So those are different as well. Like, but take what we can, you can apply all can of this apply stuff to anything. to anything. And you know, you may have a personal life project. That's your primary and a business life project. That's your primary. I'm not saying you know, work on one project at once. Like, let's say you're getting married this summer and then you're also working on launching a podcast. I'm not saying like work only on the podcast until it's done and don't work on your wedding. Um, You know, you may have parallel projects going on at once, especially if it's a personal and a professional, but do your best and it will take discipline and you will get twitchy. If you're anything like me and you love to start things, this will make you very twitchy, but it's really, really helpful Mm -hmm. to work on one thing until it's done. And when you get ideas about another thing, just have a notebook. We have, we use teamwork for project management in our company. And there are digital notebooks that I will start a notebook when I get all these ideas about the next project while I'm in the middle of another project so that I feel like I am honoring my creative process, but I am not taking myself off track. Hmm. The other thing you can do to make this like really to, (laughs) as our friend Stu McLaren says, to biggie size your time versus project orientation and to really get this in flow is to, I said, you know, don't obsess about this too much, but if you really want to, you can then look at, okay, not only which phase am I in in the project cycle, but also which phase am I in in my own personal menstrual cycle or which phase is the moon in. And so that's something that we talk a lot about in origin. And so if that appeals to you and you would like to orient your work and mothering or your home life around 
the heartbeat of human life, which is the way the female body works, which is tied into the moon and mother nature, then I really recommend checking out Origin because this is exactly how we teach to have more by doing less. There are other things, but this is the foundation of it. So you can head over to origincollective.com and learn more. We would love to have you. Doors close soon. And thanks. Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.